Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Wow, talk about one energetic human being, Kirstine Phelan, a creative and a true entrepreneur at heart. Kirstine started in the entertainment industry before launching her own jewellery business, Scrumptious Productions, in 2007, and the company ran till about 2012. Kirstine broke ground for NASDAQ-listed online marketplace Etsy as their first employee in the Southern Hemisphere. Since departing the company, Kirstine has concentrated on building a portfolio career in the tech startup world with roles at Rome to Rio, which is a travel search company, Inspire9, which is a co-working space in Melbourne, also leading youth engagement for Startup Victoria's Female Founders Committee. I know you're probably thinking, how does she do it? But she also runs her own consultancy company, Trecos. Kirsten is the networking queen, full of bubbles and one extremely creative human being. I'm sure you're really going to be delighted with this interview, so enjoy. Welcome, Kirstine Phelan, to I Am Woman Project. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on our show. It's such an honor for you to actually accept uh, an interview with me. Oh, this is, I've been really looking forward to it. It's a real pleasure, and I love your podcast. So thank oh, you. lovely. Good stuff. So I, I have to uh, have to share with our listeners that before we had a bit of a chat before uh, Kirstine came on the show and uh, I found out she does this amaz- most amazing thing um, with her voice in preparation to before she speaks, which actually is something that I don't do. And I think that it's, uh, isn't it funny how sometimes we just jump into things and we don't plan ahead. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just love it. Okay, so for our listeners, um, Kirstine, would you like to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Because obviously, just from that little chat we had, you are very multi-talented and uh, you have a lot of different roles. Yes, I do like to keep myself very busy. Um, I've done lots of different things in my career. I started my career in uh, working in the film industry and also in the music industry on the, on the outskirts in distribution. I worked in a movie theatre. I was a projectionist for a long while. Uh, and when I turned around 30, I, I think I was like just at the beginning of the handmade and make a movement seen taking off in Australia and I decided that I would make some handmade cosmetics which I didn't do very well at 
Uh, and as a result, I uh, pivoted into handmade jewellery and I had my own handmade jewellery business for four years, which was absolutely fantastic. I got to travel the world. I got to learn so much about end-to-end uh, uh, ideation and also distribution of a product, creation and distribution of a product. Um, and the GFC hit and my business really, you know, my, all the people who were um, – uh, my customers got, got went from paying upfront to paying sixty days, ninety days, one hundred and eighty days. So you know the old adage, cash flow is king, is really important in a business like that. And as a result, I decided to close my business. And as I was deciding to close my business, I actually met people from Etsy. Uh, Etsy is obviously the hand, um, handmade marketplace. Uh, they listed on the NASDAQ last year. They've got about 600 to 800 staff, incredible business. Uh, and they, uh, I met some people in their executive team and I basically talked myself into a job. And I started on the ground in Australia at Etsy as their first community manager on the role and eventually moved into uh, their national PR and communications role on the ground as the team grew. I left Etsy after about four years and uh, since then I've been working across a number of roles in the tech space more than the craft space. So at the moment I currently work as the director of communications for a really fantastic travel search company called Rome to Rio. We organise the world's transport information. So if you're especially if you're travelling in Europe, you want to get from Split to Ancona, we can show you all the different ways that you can do that. I also work for Inspire9, which is a co-working space in, here in uh, Melbourne. Fantastic place to meet lots of people and get your business up and running. And I look after their public liaison, which is sort of like this interface between um, corporate and media and um, the government. And apart from that, the other things I'm really passionate about is female founders and, and more females becoming founders of tech businesses or any sort of business really, but I guess tech business is my focus. So I work with Startup Victoria, which is a not-for-profit uh, organisation here in Melbourne that, um, uh, and I work on their female founders committee and as part of that I'm their director of communications and also director of youth engagement, which is uh, looking for ways and pathways for girls to move into tech roles. And uh, I also have my own, <laughs> I also do a bit of teaching and I also have my own uh, communications consultancy. So, yeah, there's a bit going on for sure. <laughs> my gosh, Kirstine, I'm about to pick my jaw up off the ground. I, how do you do all of this? Like, how do you find the time and uh, balance to do all of these different roles? Well, um, you know, it's really interesting because my first, my, my two roles are obviously with uh they're with Rome to Rio and Inspire Nine and they both happen to be in the same building. So it's it's really interesting. I don't look you know, it's so funny, you know, you think about star signs and things like that. This is a bit of an aside really, but I've got lots of Gemini planets and I think that I just love having two things on the go at once. So um the fact that they're both in the same building means that I can sort of switch I can context switch switch between the two major roles during the day. And I also um am a bit of a slave to my calendar. I block out time far in advance in my calendar to work on complex projects, complex writing tasks in particular. And I've kind of been very communicative with uh, the executive teams that I work with in as to what my days look like and how much um, flexibility I need in my day in order to perhaps uh, do the context switching that is needed if something really important comes up or I have to reprioritise something. So I remain really open um, on that level. I also have a number of, like, life hacks. Um, so I have this... Uh, 
sort of daily planner that I've created myself and I print out 14 at a time and I use that to plan out, you know, when I'm going to have lunch, who with, what time I'm finishing work that day, what's happening in the evening for me, what sort of exercise I'm going to be that day, what all my meetings look like, what my priority writing tasks are and priority phone calls. Um, so I find that if I remain very true to that as my um, sort of like daily planner, I can be quite efficient uh, and productive and tick a lot of things off that I like to do. And, of course, you know, anyone who is an entrepreneur you're not really working a nine-to-five life. You're also going to be working in the evenings and in the morning and on the weekends as well. So I think when you're passionate about the, you know, the industry that you're in or about what you're doing, it doesn't really feel like it's a nine-to-five thing. Work and life sort of meld together in a lot of ways. And I'm very lucky because my husband is an incredibly supportive guy and has been really supportive in all the different, all the different things that I do. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, when you are – on your path and you are doing something that you absolutely love and following your passion, it doesn't feel like you're working a day in your life. So therefore, what you can do is incorporate your work and your life together. So I love the fact that you plan out because it's quite amazing how many people actually don't plan out their day. They might plan for work, but not plan for life. So and quite often you hear people say, I don't have time to exercise. I don't have, it's because they actually don't plan for it. They don't make the space to go out and exercise or to, you know, have that time to self-reflect or write or whatever that may be. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that also I'm of the believer and, you know, I'm sure that every physicist out there will be crying when I say this, see this, but I think that um, uh, time can expand as well to fit what you need. So, you know, when you're on a deadline and you're like, oh, I'm definitely not going to get this done by the deadline, it's almost like sometimes time slows down or things things sort of open up for you and already be able to complete the work that you need to complete or do the thing that you want to do. So the time is all there. It's just trying to make the most of it in, a, in an efficient way and planning is absolutely the key. Yeah, and I think that you've, you've got it. You've hit the nail on their head. Planning actually buys you back more time. Because mm, mm. quite often we're running around and chasing our tail. But if you've got a structure to it, you know what you're going to do at this time, what you're going to do at that time. So it's it's methodical and you get through it easily. And at the end of the day, you might actually have some time for yourself to pause and relax and reflect or whatever that may be. I have to ask you, do you have a team where you delegate stuff to or are you just on your own? Um, it depends what role I'm in so um, for a couple of my roles I work within so for instance my role at Rome to Rio I have a tendency to work within a software development team so they're doing particular parts of my role which is really putting together so if we have a if we have a communications idea I'll work with a front-end developer Andrew and a data scientist Marco and they will help me put together the uh, materials I need and then my job will be the external relationships and distribution. So I see that I'm working within a really, like a really good team in that area. In other roles, I've, uh, you know, uh, like for instance, in my con- uh, my communications consultancy, I've had people come to me with projects and I've tapped someone on the shoulder to say, do you want to come and partner with me on this particular project? And then we've worked out, you know, our our person, so I might have like gone and worked out what the deal is going to be with the external agent who's who's signed us on to do the project, and then I will bring partners on as required in order to deliver the work. So that will change depending on what sort of project it is. Right. And then within other teams, I'm working in a committee environment, so it's all hands on deck. 
So with female founders, we have we have a we have a committee of about ten people. We all have different areas that we look after, but we work together to ensure like all of the individual projects that we're trying to deliver that we're all very aligned um, and moving forward at the same time on that. And that takes communication and also like good leadership skills. These sorts of things become much easier when you've got when someone, not always the same person, is in the leadership role and and helping to call the shots and create the plan. Sure. Wow. I'm, I'm still amazed by how much you get done in one day and how much you actually do. So before we got on this call, we had a bit of a chat around uh, intrapreneur and entrepreneur. Did you want to talk us a little bit about that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't really know the, the difference between the two. Sure. So before in you know, the current, like I like to think that what I'm doing at the moment is a bit of a portfolio career. So I'm working across different types of, I'm working across similar roles in different businesses with a similar sort of connecting tissue between them, which means I'm, I'm not working full-time on one particular thing with a career path in one business. I'm, I'm, I'm piecing it together. I used to have my own business, which was very much an entrepreneurial path. I called every shot, I came up with the ideas, I hired all the staff, I knew that the direction that I was going at all times and because I was a solopreneur, I pretty much ran the show and it, it wasn't, I would say that like probably one of the mistakes I made there that it wasn't a very collaborative environment and we can probably get onto that later, I'm sure, Catherine. Mm. Um, but with the roles that I'm in at the moment, some of them I'm very much at the lead with my, my communications consultancy. That's an entre- entrepreneurial role I have but within my role at um, at Rome to Rio and my role at Inspire Nine, I really believe I'm an in, I'm an entrepreneur, which is someone who brings that entrepreneurial um, zest and the, the you know that that drive to create and that drive to lead within an organisation that may already have set up their org structure in um, like may have it already set up in a way that like perhaps it's not a um, traditional leadership role. So anyone can be an entrepreneur. You could be working in a really flat structure or working, you know, as a 2IC or an individual contributor in a company, but come up with amazing ideas and lead projects. And I believe that that is the soul of the entrepreneur, bringing in your particular secret source to a business and using it to create impact and make change. Love it. Well said. Thank you. So I have to ask you, what drives you? What gets you out of bed? Gets you out of bed in the morning. What makes you jump up and go, "Wow, this is the day I'm going to create for myself." I I have always had a bit of an entrepreneur. I've always been very creative, and I've always been quite entrepreneurial. So even since I was a little kid, like I was always that sort of person who wanted to go out, meet people, see people, make crazy things. Um, like I've made a bag out of a vacuum cleaner once that I found on the side of the road. I make jewellery at the moment out of bits of old door hardware and um, like as a bit of a hobby. And um, I find that going out on, on the day-to-day and being I – I love doing business deals. I love starting new projects. So that's a really creative thing and that collaborative process with people is a very collaborative thing. And also so much of the day I'm advising – uh, I'm training, I'm mentoring, I'm teaching. All of those activities are really potent and important to me. They're, they're really a driving force for me to sort of like share on a, on a deeply empathetic and emotional level in life. 
I just love the fact that you're so creative that you can look at a doorknob and go, hey, I'm going to turn to turn this into a piece of jewellery. You, It's obviously you just have it in you. I, I don't think that it's something that just – do you think it can be learnt or do you think that it's, it's just it's in you? I think that in so many people it's actually maybe dormant and it could be because of – you know, so much of what we do is has a lot to do with nature versus nurture. So if you've sort of maybe gone to school and, and you know, gone down a path where it's like, oh, okay, um, here's a great example. Uh, I have gone to school and I have gone to university and I've got an accountancy degree. You know, that's it. I'm an accountant. You know, there's there's I just do accounts all day. There's not really sort of like a, a pathway to entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur in that sort of environment. However, if you have a look at like, I don't know, your hobbies or the things that you're interested in or, you know, there's ways that you can mentor, train and lead people that um, helps you develop those skills within you and can unlock that greater creative potential. So I think that, you know, it's the sometimes the mindset is something that, you know, maybe you're born with, but I think that the skills to help you unlock that dormant, um, ability and that that dormant idea within yourself can be taught or at least maybe teach is not the right word but they certainly could be shared oh I agree I think that we all have a creative aspect it's just about uh, you know I guess digging deep into that and finding it and whether that takes you know some self-reflection or a coach or uh, you know a mentor sometimes you know it's just about because quite often you hear like I used to say myself oh, I'm not creative enough and I'd, I'd think to myself I love to write but it's t- it's taken me a long time to get to where I am with my writing and I'm still learning and it's still and I'm one of these people that you know I'll be having a conversation I think oh that'd be a great piece to, to write about so I guess it's like you you might look at a door and I'll go oh I can make a ring out of that um, but I think we all have it in us, and I agree with you. It's 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 dormant in most of us. It's just a matter of tapping in into that creativity. I think it takes practice, and also I reflect on one of the reasons that I, you know, um, I really I really do reflect on this, and I think it's got a lot to do with like not only my upbringing. My my parents were quite laissez-faire people, so they were like, try anything you want. There's no real pathway that we're going to, you know, if you don't want to go to uni, that's fine. If you want to go and live in the Northern Territory for a year, you go and do that. So that freedom was something that means that I've uh, been able to explore things, uh, you know, and I, I really, really appreciate that about my, about my upbringing. Um, but also, like, for the early part of my life, you know, I never had any money, so... Like lots of creative people, I'd go to the op shop to buy my clothes and, you know, I'd see something go, I can make that into a piece of furniture. So that sort of like that, you know, it's such a, it it sounds so boring and like so overdone, but necessity being the mother of invention is so absolutely true. And so people, when they get into circumstances in their life where they need to make change or they, you know, they need to, they need to solve a problem, they become incredibly creative. Yeah. And particularly if they don't work alone and that, that idea of like learning uh, learning with other people and collaborating with other people and sharing your problems and your ideas, you know, that can be a great way of unlocking that potential as well. 
Mm, absolutely. And just listening to you, I mean, obviously, if you, you were brought up with your parents, uh, you know, the, the sense of freedom and try anything. If you have a look at what you're doing now, you have a sense of freedom and you're able to flow from one, uh, one job to another, being creative, and it's, it gives you that freedom. Yeah, I honestly, I, I've, I've never in my, I've never worked a day in my life wearing a suit unless I didn't, unless I wanted to. Um, I've never really worked in a large corporate environment, um, and uh, I think that's just something that I made a decision about when I was young. That was like, this is, this is, this is the way I really want to live my life, and you know, risks come with that. You know, I don't own a home at the moment. Um, I. Uh, you know, I, I didn't finish my university degree. You know, a lot of the choices I've made, some people would look at and maybe go, you know, that that is too much insecurity for me or too much risk for me. But then I look at other people, like I have other friends who are poets and, you know, visual artists and have made taken even greater risks in their life than me, ones that I probably would not be comfortable with. So I think that like all of it, there's like a scale of, you know, where you feel comfortable and Maybe it's better if you, you know, if you if you need a little bit more security to sort of dip your toes in a little bit and try a few things. But once again, that goes back to that sense of freedom. And I think that, you know, some people, uh, they have different drivers. Some people like certainty. They like to know they've got a house, they've got money coming in every week. And uh, other people, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an uncertainty. I thrive on variety. When I become mm. too complacent or too, um, you know, too much of a routine, I look for, to, to create something a little bit different for myself. So, you know, freedom is like one of those words that really stands out stands out for me speaking with you uh, because it obviously has an onflow effect in all areas of your life which is absolutely beautiful and people aspire to have that freedom yeah I think that's true um and I mean like the best way like even though I have so many regrets about the way I closed my business and I have regrets sometimes about the way I've entered and exited into exited in into like my career and decisions I've made it's never been the sort of regret that's like kept me up at night it's always been like oh you know I would have done that I would have done that a little bit differently but I guess I've never I've always been like you know manageable risk manageable risk is a great way to put it just like have a go at something and don't be afraid especially for younger I think for younger women you know, I think that like uh, the the advice I would give to them is just like just give it a go. No, there's no wrong, there's no right answer. There's no real wrong way to do anything. And if you need help, go out and find it from someone who's going to give you the advice that you need or give you the backup that you need. Meet as many people as you can. I think that so many of the things that have happened to me in my life have happened because I all I I treat every single person I meet like they could potentially you know, be someone I will work with in the future. And so many of my jobs and opportunities that have come to me have, have come because I've kept my eyes open, my ears open, and I've gone out and I've just sort of pushed my way forward. Yeah, and I, I, just hearing you once again, I think that you've taken the learnings, not so much a, a regret, but it's, it's what, what have I learned from that experience? And I think that too, you, you're right, you know, I think a lot of us uh, women, we don't, 
we don't really back ourselves because you know a fear of failure or whatever that may be and the way that I and I and I I'm only saying that because I actually have experienced that myself that I don't put myself forward because um, you know self-doubt whatever that may be self-worth but what I've learned and what I continue to do is always look at the best case scenario and the worst case scenario and if I can put up with the worst case scenario I put myself forward I just jump into it absolutely I mean when I first so you know, when I think about my business, so I started with skincare because I was really, I'm really, I was very passionate about handmade uh, natural skincare. I'd learned to make it and I was like, great, I'm going to, and I, I chucked my job in. I just went, that's it. I'm out. I'm going. I had like $200 in the bank uh, and I booked a stall at a outdoor flea market. I made some product and I bought this I bought this like sort of like outdoor tent thing and I didn't look at it properly and it wasn't weatherproof. Anyway, so the day that I go to this, I go to this market, I put up my tent and then it starts absolutely pouring rain. It is absolutely torrential downpour. I hadn't experienced anything like it in my life before in Melbourne. And I'm standing underneath soaking wet, bawling my eyes out, trying to pack up all my stuff going, I've made a huge terrible terrible mistake in my life i remember that morning 6 30 in the morning after finally getting all of my wet bedraggled items into my tiny little car that my little red festiva i had at the time sitting in the front seat bawling my eyes out going i wonder if i can ask for my job back but the thing is i i what i did is i went well you know the whole necessity is the mother of invention i just said well what can i do to make this better so i was like okay well you know I need more than one product that I can sell. I'll turn it into a shop so I don't have all of the risk of getting my own inventory together. Uh, I might start making a range of jewellery because people seem to like jewellery. So, you know, I started putting together a bit of a little range of jewellery and it was quite successful. And because I come from a product management background, I was able to uh, turn that into, um, you know, a wholesale business really, really quickly. But, you know, if I'd given up when I was sitting in my little Ford Festiva crying with all of my mascara running down my face from the torrential rain pour, you know, it could be a very different life for me now. So even though I had all of those bumps along the way, I think it's just made me into the sort of person I am and I think those bumps are, they're so important. Smooth ride is boring. They, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. And, I mean, making mistakes, that's how we grow, that's how we learn and we learn from them. Yeah. So with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? I think that what I would have done differently is I would have travelled a lot more uh, before I was in my 30s. So I did travel quite a bit around Australia in my late teens and early 20s but didn't go overseas. I had an opportunity in sort of my mid to late Twenties that I didn't actually take up, and uh, I didn't really get a. Ch- I didn't actually go um, to Europe until I was about thirty-three or thirty-four, um, and I think that um, I would. I think I would have had a different worldview if I'd travelled a lot more when I was younger. Although I did travel to some really interesting places in Australia, and uh, and when I did start travelling in my thirties, I certainly made up for the lack I'd done in the past. Uh, but yeah, definitely more travel. Don't worry about don't worry about the money. Just put the pack on your back and go. Absolutely. And who says you can't do that with all the wonderful things you do? And and when you're talking about products as well, you can do stuff like that even if and travel. You know, if it's you know online product, for example. Oh, 
Yeah, well, that's the difference. I mean, like when I was in my teens and 20s, it was the 90s. There was no, you know, there was the internet, but I, I don't even think I had a Hotmail address until 96 or something like that. The The internet age has, oh, if I if I was an 18-year-old now, how different my my life would be because like all of the entrepreneurial activity it would be so much easier to get the advice and and to create products and to put together international supply chains and you know and meet people like-minded people i mean like it's really there's a lot to be said about how you know there's a lot of ethical issues around the internet as well but uh, i mean it's really been fantastic for really globalizing and world views yeah, absolutely. And you sound like a bit of a, a master queen at networking with all the, uh, like you said, you know, you just like to collaborate with people and this is why you're working with all these different organisations and amazing organisations. So what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Well, um, you know, uh, the team I'm working with at the moment, Rome to Rio, uh, Rod Cuthbert is the CEO of Rome to Rio and he's a really interesting guy. He's been in the travel industry for about 20 years. Uh, he started a business in 95 called Viator, which is one of the first online tour and activities companies. Um, and I started chatting to him at the end of last year when I sort of sussed it they might be looking for someone to move into a bit of a media communications role. And he said, we were talking about, I, I was starting to pitch to him a, a project and he said, um, stick to your knitting you know at Rome to Rio we stick to our knitting and the idea is that um, you know you don't have to spread your skill base really really wide or spread what you do really really wide to be really impactful and and do something great which is why even though I am working with within all of these different organizations at the moment the roles that I'm playing within those organizations have a tendency to call on the same skill sets which means I'm really strengthening those skill sets and digging, you know, a really good furrow for myself to plant a lot of seeds for stuff, you know, into my 40s and my 50s and my 60s, which is like, you know, that's why I'm looking at, you know, my 40s and my 50s and 60s is where I'd like to have some, you know, significant board appointments come my way. Like that's, you know, and a little bit more freedom to travel more extensively and not stay so much in Melbourne as I am at the moment. So the fact that he told me to stick to my knitting, it's always, it's always, always really resonated with me and I think that that's a great piece of advice. I love it. Yeah, stick to something you're good at and just develop it. Have a couple of side things but develop that thing that you're really good at that makes you you. Yeah, because I think that sometimes you can tend to lose your focus. I think that if you stick to what you're good at and spend your energy, you can make that uh, evolve. But sometimes you might get a different idea and then veer to the left uh, and then lose direction and then start another project. And so you can actually disperse your energy and nothing actually works for you. But I think when you're saying sticking to your, your knitting, it's like, it, yeah, stick to your expertise and mm. really focus and put your energy on there. I love that. Mm, and and you know it's so great for it's it's so great for profiling as a woman as you know you know your career profiling like I'm I'm known for a couple of very key things and I've you know um, uh, I've positioned myself as an energetic communications person and you know I think I'm proving that with the type of work I'm doing and I, if I was doing lots of different roles and lots of different companies I may not have been able to build that profile. That's right. That's very true. So what is the greatest lesson that you have ever learned? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, so many lessons. I would say that uh, don't be afraid. 
dig in, try something. Uh, that's probably it. Uh, trying to think. I don't so know. I, so there, you're saying that maybe fear is something that had stopped you in the past? I think you can be fearful that something is going to go wrong in the past. You can be fearful to do lots of things. You can be fearful to leave a job. You can be fearful to apply for a job. You can be fearful to open your online shop. You can be fearful to go to that networking event and meet meet people. I think networking, talk to as many people you can, is the biggest lesson I've learned in my life. Um, don't be afraid to strike up a conversation with anyone, anywhere, at any time about anything. It'd be unbelievable what you'll find out about people and, you know, you'll never know what will happen next. I agree, absolutely. I mean, networking, that's the only way you can, um, I guess, expose you as your brand and uh, meet other people that you can collaborate with and connect with. Correct, absolutely. You sound such you've so you've got so much vibrancy and very positive outlook. Do you worry about anything like what keeps you up at night? Oh, I worry I worry so much about so many things, but the thing that really worries me about and I think that all women should be worried about is our life expectancy is a lot, you know, is a lot uh, more than men. So I worry a lot because I've had so many gaps. One of the things about having freedom, Catherine, is that, like, you know, as I've said, like, I've had a lot of gaps in my career. I've had a lot of stops and starts and side turns and, you know, all sorts of loop-de-loops. And as a result, I'm, I sort of think about my retirement and I hope that I'm going to be okay in, my, in retirement. So I do worry about things like my super and, you know, whether I'm going to be able to have the lifestyle that I'd like to have, you know, later on, you know, in my 70s and my 80s. I wonder if the generation that my generation will actually actually even be able to retire. Um, so these are the things that I really worry about. So the next ten years in particular, I am really focused on how I can create a smart investment portfolio for myself through the type of work that I'm doing at the moment, um, so that I can sort of like make up for some of those gaps that I've had in the past. Wow, wonderful! Now I have to ask you. If you had to pick one word that describes you as your personal brand, and I think I know what that word's going to be because I can feel it, what would be that one word? It's definitely energetic. <laughs> Do you ever get tired? You are so full of energy. It's amazing. Like, I feel energized. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. That's so nice to say. Um, yeah, I do get really tired. I'm uh, very big on... Uh, I mean, I'm a very extroverted person, but I know when I need time to myself and I know when I need time away. So I have a tendency to, you know, th th there'll definitely be a day every month that will just be like, you know what, I'm just going to curl up in bed, I'm going to read or I'm going to, you know, look at stupid memes on the internet, something that, you know, doesn't really tax my brain too much or maybe watch some, you know, amazing TV shows that I love. Um, and I I'll do that. I'll take that time out for myself. Absolutely. I have to say thank you for being so honest too about because you are energetic and the way that you come across because you're so energetic and vibrant, uh, very um, an optimist is is the word that comes to mind. So when you're talking about the things that keep you up at night time, it's, in, it's interesting because they're the things that I guess they're in your head, right? Ooh. And it's not – I know what it's, it's one of those things that's, it's only you and yourself at night time when it's dark, you're lying there with your thoughts – and, you know, I, we all worry about them, but to actually then verbalize them and actually look, how much control have I got over this? And that's what I do to myself. I ask myself, how much control do I have over this particular thing that I'm worrying about? And 
because I believe, and, um, and there's also research, that 90% of the stuff that we worry about actually never come to fruition. So it's quite interesting that you've got so much energy. I just, pre I, pre I just presume that you're, because you're so free. Isn't it funny how we should never make assumptions? You have this beautiful <laughs> freedom. Freedom is the word that really stands out for me and energy. Yeah, well, I worry about the same things as everyone else. I mean, yeah. like, I worry about things like global warming. Like, I don't just think about myself. I do, and I, you know, I worry about my stepdaughters, and I worry about their future, and I, I worry about lots of things. But it, like, the thing that really does keep me up is like, oh, am I going to be eating cat food when I'm eighty? Absolutely. <laughs> And who knows, maybe it might be really nutritionist, uh, nutritional for you then because, I mean, you know, going back 10 years ago, they used to say fat is bad for you. Now they're telling you to eat fat. That's so, exactly you know, right. who knows, maybe cat food will be perfect for you then. <laughs> well, that's a very optimistic way. I'm, I'm clearly rubbed up on you. Yes. So that's an optimistic <laughs> way of thinking about it. <laughs> True. So what we do normally as we wrap up the show we always ask for our beautiful guests to give us three gold nuggets for our listeners. So what would be your three gold nuggets to give to our listeners? Okay. I think planning is the number one thing. If you can, you know, you don't have to plan everything within an inch of its life, but, you know, your day is your day and you're in charge of it and you're in charge of what's going to happen the day after that and the day after that. So, have a plan and keep your your time is really important. I think the second nugget would be network. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. I I I haven't applied for a job in uh, I think fifteen twenty years. Uh, it's always been like part of a conversation I've been having with someone. And it's because I've made an effort to get to know people in my industry. So that's really important. And I think the third thing is you know have some fun. Like I like to have a lot of fun and I spend most of my day laughing. You know, it's funny. Um, I get told by a lot of people that I'm very energetic and I'm probably a bit exhausting for those poor old introverts. Um, but I do like to have fun in my day and, and I don't and, and while I do take what I'm doing seriously and I, I make a lot of effort and I try really hard, I also like to enjoy, you know, the small moments in life as well. Wow, great advice. Thank you so much. Look, I can't thank you enough, Kirsten. I am uh, filled with energy and bubbles right now after speaking with you. So um, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate to have you on the show. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will love uh, to hear this conversation between you and um, myself. Great. And, you know, if anyone wants to keep in touch with me, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. It's Kirsten Phelan. Thank you. I was just about to ask you, how do people co uh, connect with you, please? Yeah, just my name, Kirstine Phelan, which is K-I-R-S-T-E-E-N-E, Phelan, P-H-E-L-A-N. Just put it into Google and you should find my LinkedIn and you should find my Twitter. Uh, at the moment, quite sadly, I don't have a website or anything like that. I really need to get onto that. So, yeah. That's Okay. <laughs> on the list <laughs> these days with with social media who needs a website to be honest there's so much going on with social media it's it's amazing that's true that's yeah. true once again thank you for your time and please take care thanks so much Catherine. i really thank enjoyed you. it me too thanks a lot okay bye, bye. that brings us to the end of the show if you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject. 
and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.